0: Stay on top of all meaningful, top-trending stories right here on SAFM. Leading the conversation.
1: We are SFM 104 to 107 nationwide as we lead the conversation. We want to shift gear now and talk uh, malaria because the World Health Organization uh, yesterday, that's on Monday, called for a massive and urgent effort to get the new malaria vaccine into the arms of African children. This, they said, during their annual malaria report, warning that about 180,000 more people were dying every day. Generally from the disease than had previously been thought. Another scary revelation is that children in Africa, here in the continent of Africa, were the hardest hit. Let's speak now to someone who deals directly with malaria in the SEDEC region to find out how they interpret uh, the latest report. Sherwin Charles is co founder of Goodbye Malaria. Sherwin, good afternoon, I mean, good morning. Firstly, tell us about the work that you do. Uh, on a day-to-day basis fighting malaria? Sherwin?
2: Good good morning, KG. Can you hear me?
1: I can hear you now. I'm saying please tell us about the work that you do uh, in Goodbye Malaria, in fighting malaria in Africa.
2: Thank you very much Um, for the opportunity. Goodbye Malaria was set up to really drive elimination in Southern Africa, to to assist our governments in uh, South Africa, Eswatini and and Mozambique to to really meet the malaria um, objectives that they set themselves, the malaria targets that they set themselves. And so Goodbye Malaria is an implementer of malaria interventions across the three countries. Looking to align the work that is done across borders, as we know, mosquitoes uh, don't adhere to any border lines, mm. and and so um, goodbye malaria was really set up as a public-private partnership uh, to help us achieve malaria elimination in Southern Africa. So- the core programs that we run are in Mozambique, where we do indoor residual spraying and a lot of advocacy um, across the region.
1: So, what should we make from uh, the, you know, the World Health uh, Organization's call yesterday for a massive, urgent effort to get the new malaria vaccine into the arms of African uh, a, a children? What should we read into this latest malaria report?
2: So, so, the malaria report highlights the impact that the COVID pandemic has had on the malaria world, particularly in Sub-Saharan Africa. And and whilst we did not see the worst-case scenario play out that WHO had had put out last year, where they felt as much as 900,000 people um, could lose their lives from malaria in 2020, we've seen that 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 worst-case scenario did not play out. But what the report does tell us is that for the first time since 2000, we've seen an increase in the deaths from malaria so so that is quite disturbing we we've seen that malaria malaria had plateaued uh, in terms of cases and deaths over the last two years but since the pandemic what we've seen now for the first time is a 12% increase in the number of deaths from malaria in 2020 the disturbing statistic from that is that 90 96% of the of those cases um of the malaria cases were in sub-Saharan Africa mm. and, and and 95% of the deaths were in, in sub-Saharan Africa and, and 80% of those deaths, which is almost half a million children under the age of five passed away from malaria in 2020.
1: What would you attribute the increase to?
2: I, I think it's, it's, it's a, a combination of factors. One is a lot of the resource that that was earmarked for malaria was used for the pandemic. Mm. Two, people who, because of the similarity between the symptoms of malaria and COVID, and and because of the COVID cases at the clinics, people were hesitant to seek treatment for malaria. Now, when a young kid has a temperature and, and they need to be tested for malaria, the disease has a severe toll on the children under five. If you don't seek treatment uh, on a timely basis, it could become fatal. And so, and so that's part of the challenge, was that people were not going um, to, the, to the clinics to be tested. We also saw that the commodities were impacted for malaria because supply chains were broken during the pandemic and and getting commodities out into those communities were very, very difficult. So a combination of those factors has resulted in the increase both in the number of cases and the number of deaths.
1: Why are children the most affected this time around?
2: Well, it's been the case all along. So so this is not something new. Um, Sadly, malaria... Is a disease of of the poor, and and our children under five and pregnant women are most impacted by, by malaria, and that's why we we have the tools to eliminate malaria from our society, and that's why we are adamant that it can be done during our lifetime, and it can be done on an urgent basis. We need to bring the urgency back into malaria elimination right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, what, what is this t- What is different uh, this time around showing? I mean, uh, it was very exciting for us to see on television that, you know, there's uh, a new malaria vaccine. Uh, but, you know, there is no urgency in a way uh, to get it quick enough to the people that uh, malaria affects the most.
2: Yeah, and, and it comes back to the issue of resources, um, you know, you need money, you, you need uh, people and, and reliant health systems um, to make it work. And, and the challenge is, is getting uh, access to the most vulnerable populations. And when we find that conflict on the continent, that uh, poor road networks, uh, getting to people in the rural areas – is incredibly difficult. So it needs quite a concerted effort, which requires substantial resources. And and now, during COVID, those resources have all been diverted. Um, and so there is a call on our governments and our donors to continue their investment in malaria. Uh,
1: you could have answered this earlier, but I, I think uh, for the purposes of our conversation, I need to ask it again. In the region, in the southern African region, why is malaria still a problem? And, and which spe- countries specifically are the most affected as we have this conversation?
2: So, so if we look at southern Africa, so South Africa and our neighbors, um, the, the most affected country is Mozambique. Mozambique mm. ranks the fourth um, um, worst endemic country uh, in the world. Um, they've had over 11 million cases of malaria in 2020. So, so, of course, South Africa and Eswatini has a very high ratio of imported malaria. So, so either um, travelers, um, um, migrant workers, people going on holiday. And, and a bit of advice at this time of year is to say to any South Africans who are traveling across the border to Mozambique, please take a prophylaxis. It's very easy to prevent getting malaria. If you know you're traveling to an endemic area, this is the time of year that malaria is at its highest peaks from now until February. And so people need to make sure they protect themselves, that that if they if they haven't taken a prophylaxis, that they do have insect repellent, and, and they're most careful at dusk and at dawn because those are high transmission times um, for malaria. so yeah. so there's a, there's things that people can do to protect themselves and and we need to make sure that we do that.
1: By the way, just in case you just joined the conversation, we're talking malaria and the increasing numbers of malaria amongst children because the World Health Organization uh, yesterday called for a massive and urgent effort to get uh, the new malaria vaccine into the arms specifically of African children. And if you want to join in the conversation, you can do so by calling us on 11 That's 11 or SMSing us on 41391 or WhatsApping even on 061-410-4107. We're having this conversation with Sherwin Charles, who is the the co-founder of uh, Goodbye uh, Malaria. So, Eswatini Sherwin, they reported zero malaria deaths last year in 2020. Uh, What are they getting right? What are they doing that uh, perhaps we can learn from? I think it's been many years
2: of um, vector control, so so, so ensuring they're killing the mosquitoes. It, it's been many years of ensuring that the disease is not within their environment. We were all excited and hopeful that uh, Eswatini would have been able to say they are free of malaria uh, even, even by 2020. Unfortunately, that has not been the case. There's certain areas within Eswatini, where there's a stubbornness to get to zero, so whilst they've had um, um maybe two or three hundred cases of malaria and 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 zero deaths we we're not getting quite to zero yet and part of that problem is that the cases are coming in from mozambique so so they've seen the importation of cases um into Eswatini. and and we're hopeful that within the next year or two. Uh, together with the alignment across the border, we, we, we are able to assist them in in getting to zero.
1: As for us here in South Africa, how big is the malaria problem here?
2: It, it certainly is an issue in, in the areas in South Africa that are considered high risk, which is, which is the areas on the eastern side of the country in Limpopo and Pumalanga, and then northern KZN. So those are the areas that border us, mainly with our neighbours in in Eswatini and and in Mozambique. And and that's where we see the most cases coming from. Of course, Johannesburg registers registers cases, but most of it is local transmission. It's imported cases coming from uh, Mozambique or Zimbabwe, or or even further fields like Zambia and Malawi. Mm. So, so those are those are the cases we would see in Kharteng. The the we now going to be take undertaking together with uh, the Department of Health uh, different programs in Limpopo and in Mpumalanga to try and reduce reduce the, the numbers we see, and what it is is to find the reservoir of the parasites within that area,
1: mm.
2: and and to try and get rid of the reservoir. If there's nobody with a parasite in their body, a mosquito can't bite somebody and transmit the disease because nobody has the disease. So part of the plan is to make sure that we can treat as many people, so test and treat, um, to ensure that we can break the cycles of transmission um, in those areas.
1: Yeah, we have some calls uh, showing. uh, Salim in uh, Lichtenberg, you want to ask uh, a question on malaria. Welcome. Yes,
0: can uh, I you?
1: I'm KG, but I'm also very well. Thank you.
0: Oh, all right, uh, can, can can you hear me? Because I'm driving, it's like a bit noisy. Or we,
1: we can hear you loud and clear. Thank you.
0: Okay, uh, there's something that I want to ask the doctor concerning the, the, this uh, this malaria. Right? Um, I'm staying in Luxembourg, but uh, my 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 home country is Malawi, and it is. As a doctor, where and how can we get the treatment of malaria here in South Africa? Because here it's like you talk of something uh, very expensive to be treat, uh, treating malaria. But that side of our country is very cheap. Malaria okay. tablets, you get them in the tax shops everywhere. It's like you're getting flu tablets in South Africa. Very, very cheap.
1: Okay, so I, I, wa-
0: I want to know who can help which doctor in South Africa We're
1: having a problem with this malaria. Here, there's no treatment. Okay. Salim, uh, 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 Sherwin is not a doctor, but he's co-founder of Goodbye Malaria. So listen to your response on the radio. Is treatment easily accessible in South Africa for malaria,
2: uh, Sherwin? Um, KG, sadly, the caller is right that um, sometimes it's very difficult um, to find the necessary medication uh, for malaria. I think in Limpopo and Pumalanga area and northern KZN, the the medication is um, much easier to obtain. Unfortunately, in other parts of the country where where malaria is not an issue, um, it's it's much more difficult to find. It's not that it's not available, but but generally in our public hospitals, you may not find medication uh, at that time. Um, Yeah, I I think you're going to have to go to your private doctors or your pharmacies and then try and get the medication. The second thing that the caller mentioned, which is true, is that because of the donors into the highly endemic countries, so Malawi, Mozambique, the medication is free or very, very cheap. And, And South Africa doesn't have... Uh, or is not a recipient of, of any of the donor money or or the cheap pricing around malaria medication. So one of the things that we do is we have um, mobile clinics in Limpopo and Pumalanga and Northern KZN, and our, our mobile clinics carry the medication and the and the treatment. So we would test somebody, and then if they... Case positive, we would provide them with the medication immediately, the treatment, and so um it's something that we do up along the border um but yeah, uh, sadly that is the case in south africa we We are encouraging the minister um um to bring a higher emphasis on malaria with within south africa it's uh, it is a priority but 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 it's not as easily accessible the yeah. treatment.
1: And another caller in Manza, in home. Hello, Manza.
0: How are you? Gaby?
1: I'm well, thank you. Your question?
0: I, I want to ask, if you were taking that uh, prevention vaccine, how, how long does it take on your body? Because I'm a truck driver. I'm traveling almost all these countries in the southern region. I've been doing this for almost five years, but I have never taken any medication. I want to ask you, which one is good, to take an injection or my use tablet? Because I'm always scared when I'm going out, but I'm always on the road.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Sherwin, uh, meds or a vaccine?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the, um, um, the, the prophylaxis that, that your caller would be looking for, I would suggest that he speaks to a travel doctor, and, and they um, understand his situation, the fact that he's driving into these areas on a regular basis, and, and they could assist him with the most appropriate prophylaxis for him to take. Um, if you talk about the vaccine, the vaccine is, is a tool to be used amongst young children, um, and the vaccine helps in uh, together with vector control, so meaning having a bed net to sleep under or having a house um, sprayed with insecticide, uh, vaccine together with those tools has, has shown efficacy in protecting um, uh, people from from getting malaria. But the vaccine is only given to children under the age of five.
1: What sort of impact, Sherwin, has uh, COVID-19 had on the fight against malaria? It- it,
2: it's had a devastating impact. It's starting to set us back. We, we're not going to meet the targets that have been set for us um, with the SDGs. So under under SDG three, which is your health SDG, we we are off track from from reaching those targets. So so it's going to take a doubling of effort um, for us to get back on track and 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 to show that malaria can be eliminated. So covid has had a major impact on malaria it's really set us back
1: yeah uh, the, the mere idea that 180,000 more people are dying annually from malaria than was previously thought is that cause for great worry for us
2: yeah it is because it's a it's a troubling trend right you don't yes. want to see you don't want to see deaths increasing and so it's something that needs immediate attention and, and, and needs us to take action right now. So the idea is to get all of the malaria intervention programs in, in all of our countries in, in, in Southern Africa to help them get back on track. Um, what we saw was that the COVID regulations did not allow for the nets to be handed out timeously, did not allow for the indoor residual strain to take place timiously. And then the third problem was people were scared to go and seek treatment uh, because of the presence of COVID at our health centers and our clinics around the country. Mm. So we want to we say to them that if you do have a temperature, the test for malaria is a rapid test. It, it takes a few minutes, and, and it can be diagnosed quite easily. So really encouraging people not to stay away from the health centers. If they have got a temperature, first make sure it's not malaria before you, before you go and quarantine. Yeah. You know, people thought that if I have a temperature, I need to go into quarantine, it's potentially COVID. But please, if you're in a, in a malaria area, please just test for for malaria first.
1: What would you say as we round off our discussion show and what would you say are the most practical solutions to get rid of the malaria problem uh, in uh, Southern Africa?
2: I, I, I think first and foremost is to say to people, test and treat. So, so the minute you, you, you think you have malaria, please test and treat immediately. That stops secondary transmission as well and ensures that uh, the mosquito has nothing to, to transmit further. Secondly, there's simple rules to put in place to protect yourself around the home. So ensuring that there's uh, limited entry points for mosquitoes into your home, that there's no standing water. Uh, within your yard and and within areas around you, breeding zones for these mosquitoes, and then of course making sure that uh, early evening, uh, your ankles, you you you've got long sleeves on. I know it's hot and and it's difficult to say this, but but there's ways of ensuring that there's insecticides uh, uh, repellents that you can use, as, as well as just the precautions that one takes around mosquitoes are.
1: Yeah, we'll leave it there. And uh, thank you so much. What's the website for Goodbye Malaria?
2: Please visit us and support us. It's www.goodbyemalaria.com
1: fantastic show and Charles, co-founder of uh, Goodbye Malaria. Keep it SAFM at all times uh, because uh, later on in the afternoon you'll have Beyond the Headline uh, with uh, Aldrin Sampierre and uh, Spot with uh, Tabiso Musia and uh, don't forget uh, it's uh, Tuesday today, The Viewpoint and uh, Late Night uh, Conversation. Lebumoso, Gwenza Gilentlati are the producers. It's midday, it's time for Update at Noon with Sakina Kamwendo.